This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno, welcome one and all to a brand spanking new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, white wine drinking, talky finger licking, <laughs> hot mess of a host, Lorenzo von Rumpf. And I'm so happy to be here with you today. There's no place I'd rather be than right here, all nice and cozy, where I can just wave my freak flag and just be comfortable here with my low lifers. I hope you're having a beautiful day, a great week so far. You're feeling strong. But if you're not having a good week, if you are feeling stressed right now, anxious, depressed, that seasonal depression, it is real. If you're having a shitty kitty type of a week, don't you worry, boo-boo. Don't you fret. You have come to the right place. We're about to turn that frown upside down. We have a very special episode in store for you today. You're going to love this week's guest. But before we get into this week's guest, some updates for you that nobody asks for. Let's start with mental health. Here we go. Mental health score this week for me is a solid 8.2 out of 10. I'm feeling pretty damn good. And this is not a number that I feel completely comfortable with because I'm just not used to having that much of a high. But I know the factors that contributed to this 8.2. And I'm going to ride it until the wheels fall off. First factor, it was nice to get out of LA. A change of scenery, see some fall leaves, catch up with some really close friends of mine, some good quality time moments, and just get the hell out of LA for a bit. It was just really nice to do that. I did Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, a quick little jaunt in New York City as well, and I loved it. It was a good mental health reset for me, exactly what the doctor ordered. Oh, and I got to meet some lowlifers on the road. Oh, yeah. In Austin, Texas, I was at this random coffee house. Delicious, by the way. Don't remember the name of it. I have it written down somewhere. But I was there in line about to order a dirty chai latte. And this queen came up to me and said, hey, I'm a low lifer. Just wanted to let you know. Love the podcast. And we started talking, shooting the shit a little bit. Her name is Cynthia. She's in real estate. I'm sure she wanted to sell me a house. Thank you for that, puta. I appreciate the hustle. And it was lovely to meet you. And so if you see me out in these streets... Come and say hi. I would love to meet you. I also met a couple lowlifers in Nashville, Tennessee. I was at the Frothy Monkey getting myself a nice coffee. And I ran into a couple people who love Caitlin. They are vinos as well. And they also are lowlifers. And so they introduced themselves. They were there visiting like I was. So we started talking, took a cute selfie, got to know them a little bit. But I love getting to meet you. And so if you do see me, whether it be LA or whatever state, <laughs> Come say I, because I definitely want to meet each and every single one of you. I have a question when it comes to traveling. So on a flight, are you the type of person who likes to strike up a conversation with the person next to you? A stranger, of course. Are you a chatty type of let's talk, let's get to know each other or make small talk on a flight? Or are you a silence is golden, put your headphones in and just keep to yourself type of a vibe? Curious to know your answer. I think most people would assume that I'm a chatty type person that wants to strike up conversations. Opposite for me. Silence is golden. I got my headphones in. I've been wearing masks on flights before the pandemic even happened. There's just something gross about being in this tube in the sky. People are coughing and sneezing and doing God knows what. Weird smells are happening. No thank you. So I put the mask on and I usually will put 
some sort of lavender oil, maybe a little eucalyptus, some sort of a smell, a scent that I will enjoy. Something relaxing and calming is preferred. And I wear a mask during a flight. So with the mask, I got headphones, glasses, a hood, usually wrap myself in a little blankie, and I'm just keeping to myself in my own little world. That's where I like to be. But in this particular flight, my last flight, this was going from Nashville to LA. It's like four hours and 30 minutes. I sit down, there's a guy next to me. He's around my age in his 30s, millennial. And I had said something out loud, something like, oh, I'm going to need an edible for this flight, which I don't know why I said that out loud because I was thinking it in my head and I actually had edibles with me. Shout out to Laura Jones, THC, CBD gumdrops. They are the best. And so I like to take edibles before my flight once in a while, just to calm the nerves a little bit. And so the guy next to me goes, hey, share the wealth. Of course he was kidding, but I ended up saying, yeah, would you like an edible? Why not? (laughs) So I didn't think he would actually take it, but he said, sure, I'd love one. See, here's the thing. I would actually never take an edible from some random stranger, some dude on a plane. But this guy is clearly very trusting because it definitely could have been a Dahmer vibe. But he lucked out. Wasn't a Dahmer little druggy moment. It was just a normal edible with CBD and THC. And so I said, here, enjoy. And so we both took one. We started talking a little bit. He was telling me about himself. He grew up in Northern California. Really nice guy. Has a family. Was talking about being in the music industry. He works in sound. He's a creative, sound engineering, production, behind-the-scenes type of a vibe. He works for this artist. I wasn't familiar with him, but his name is Butch Walker. This guy has written a bunch of hits. He's a producer, a songwriter, an actual singer as well. He's written hits for Avril Lavigne and a bunch of other big pop stars. So here I am on this plane just talking to this stranger, shooting the shit, having a good time. We're both about to land on Mars. The edibles are kicking in. We're getting the giggles. It was great. We ended up exchanging info. I gave him my cell phone number. We've been texting back and forth. Again, just a nice guy. Shout out to you, Joel, if you are listening to this. Uh, You're my new Delta friend. And it was lovely to meet you. I'm looking forward to hanging in LA. He'll be back in LA very soon. I flew back to LA and I was a bit bummed, bittersweet, because I had missed Dia de los Muertos with my family. We celebrate it every year. Dia de los Muertos. Are you familiar with this holiday? It's a big holiday in Mexico. And so it takes place November 1st and November 2nd. And it's a big festival and there's music and dancing. And it's a big celebration. And it's important to celebrate it. And I'm glad my family actually waited for me to celebrate. Thank you for that. It's so sweet of them. Because we've experienced a lot of grief, a lot of loss as a family. And it's taken us out at the knees. And when you experience that kind of pain and loss... I mean, grief, a lot of the times when you have death in families, it will divide families. That happens more often than not. And I understand that because of the grieving process and it's really tough. And dealing with death and loss really takes a toll on everybody involved, my family included. But what's really nice about Dia de los Muertos is it's a time to pay tribute, honor, remember, celebrate the people who are no longer with us, celebrate them, remember them for the incredible humans and the impact they made on our lives. And so it was nice to come back home because we had pictures up and flowers and delicious food. It's called an ofrenda. And so you have like this little altar type area that you set up in the house. My mom set it up and we will just honor and remember and enjoy talking about the people who we've lost. And there's nothing sad about it. It's actually a beautiful, happy type of time. And so it was nice to be part of that. If you're not familiar with Dia de los Muertos, I suggest you watch the movie Coco, Disney animation. 
I love a good Disney film. This one really hits close to home. It's so sweet. The music is great. They do an amazing job with all the symbolism and imagery and giving some backstory to the celebration itself. And so, anyway, treat yourself to some Coco. You make me un poco loco, un poquitito loco, the way you keep me guessing. I'm nodding and I'm guessing. I'll count it as a blessing that I'm only un poco loco. Let's get into today's very special episode. So a little backstory on today's guest. His name is Brandon Black. Brandon Black is an actor. He's based here in Los Angeles. He was born in 1988, which makes him a dragon baby. Dragon baby, that's the Chinese Zodiac. I only know about this and got into it because back in the day, I was working retail. I was working at Louis Vuitton. And I remember at Louis Vuitton, all of these women were coming in, Chinese women specifically, and they were super pregnant. And it was like a dozen of them. I was like, what's up with all these pregnant queens? Is there something in the water? And so they were coming in to buy diaper bags and cute baby clothes. And it was really cute, but just threw me because, again, there was just a lot of super pregnant Chinese women. So I ended up talking to one of them that I was helping. And I asked her, you know, what's going on with all the, the pregnancies? And she said, we all want to have dragon babies. It's the year of the dragon. And so we want to have a virtuous, very lucky baby. And so... It's intentional. We're all pregnant because we want to have our babies born the year of the dragon. And so the stars are aligning for Brandon Black because he is a dragon baby and he is also a Scorpio king. I love my Scorpios. I've noticed that if there's somebody that I end up connecting with right away, we get along, there's great chemistry, wonderful conversation. Nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be a Scorpio. Anyone that I've connected with in that way. Scorpios are so compatible with cancer crabs. That's what I am, a little cancer crab. We're both water signs, a little sweet, a little bit of spice, and also depth of the ocean. So I thoroughly enjoy all of my Scorpios. If you're listening to this and you're a Scorpio, hey, out, shout out to you, one of my favorite zodiac signs. Scorpios and cancers are compatible with work, business, life, dating, friendships, relationships, all of the above. So this dragon baby Scorpio king also happens to be an only child like me. And so it was really nice to connect with him on that front too. We have a bunch of mutual friends. This entertainment industry is so small. So I know his publicist. She's a very close friend of mine. I've styled one of his closest friends was Antoinette Robertson. Shout out to Antoinette, beautiful queen inside and out. Love that human. And I've had the privilege of getting to style her a few different times. Elliot Knight, also a mutual friend of ours, friend of the show, they're friends as well. And so it was just a matter of time for us to actually sit down and have a great convo. And that's exactly what we did. Sat down, had a delicious bottle of wine, a Sauvignon Blanc, and it led to a great convo. See, the thing is, when it comes to actors and actresses, I'm friends with a lot of them. I work with them on the regular. But one thing I've noticed when it comes to actors and them doing podcasts or interviews or anything like that, I had one in particular that stands out, and this happens all the time. But I wanted to have this actor on the show. The publicist had reached out. I don't know this person. They're like, we'd love to have him on your show. But with having him on the show, there was a list of things that I couldn't talk about. There's a list of things that I was allowed to talk about. They wanted me to submit every single question I wanted to ask this guy so it could be approved, yes or no, by the publicist and his entire team. There were topics that I couldn't even dive into, words that I couldn't say. And so after all that, I was like, I'm good. No, thanks. Here's the thing. You have every right to send over a list. And if you want it approved or whatever, sure, you do you. But I also have every right to not have that on my show. And so (laughs) 
I was like, hard pass for me. Just felt so manufactured and just not real. I want to be able to just free flow and have an open, honest, vulnerable conversation. So I really appreciate the fact that Brandon is open to doing that, having a great convo, shooting the shit. No topic is off limits. We love a vulnerable king who is in touch with his feelings and can speak his mind, speak his truth. And that's exactly what he did on today's show. So some professional background on Brandon Black, courtesy of Wikipedia and Google. But I'm sure you've seen him in some of your favorite shows. This has been a really exciting year for Brandon professionally. So he was actually cast as the first openly gay character in the Medea franchise. Medea franchise, very popular Tyler Perry is killing it. So Tyler Perry is this insanely talented director, producer. He's an actor. I mean, the guy does it all, wears every hat. He has that box office golden touch for success with that brilliant creative mind of his. And so for Tyler Perry to finally have an out queer character as the lead in his film, well, made history. Also, the person he chose to play that character is an openly gay actor, That's a very big accomplishment. It's groundbreaking. So good for Brandon on that front. What a great role for him. He's also been in 13 Reasons Why. Shameless. Love that show. Dear White People. He did a movie called Animal. And most recently, you've probably seen Brandon in the hit series Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which I definitely had to talk to him about because as you know, did a couple episodes on it, doing a deep dive into Dahmer on the Low Life podcast. So of course I had to ask him, all the questions about that Dahmer experience. I wanted to get a behind the scenes look and that's exactly what we got on booking Jeffrey Dahmer, the audition process, working so closely with Evan Peters, method acting, the actual grind of an actor behind the scenes. Like what's that look like? He's so honest. I love that he opened up about his mental health, dealing with success, failures, everything in between, some highs and lows in his career. He was really candid about that. I love a good behind-the-scenes moment into this series that I've enjoyed so much. They're actually doing Monster Part 2, a whole different story. But it's, again, produced and directed by Ryan Murphy. So fingers crossed Brandon is attached to that project, too. That would be really cool. We really cover a wide variety of topics on today's show, and I'm glad we were able to go there. Everything from the dangers of online dating, weird sex fetishes, not yucking somebody's yum, but we do talk about a few sex fetishes, marriage, divorce, children, adoption, surrogacy, Yes, we talk about it all. Candace Owens included. Kanye West. Yes, we touched on that too. There's a lot to unpack with this episode. It is a great conversation. So without further ado, let's jump into today's very special episode with the dragon baby, Scorpio King himself, talking to Brandon Black. Hit it. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm nervous. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) You know why? Okay. Here's the thing. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. And so this is an honor. It's a privilege to have you here. I'm a big fan of yours, both personally and professionally. I think you're the shit. And so it's good to have you here finally sitting on the couch. Sitting on the couch. I'm glad to be here. (sighs) Thank you. I mean, you... As soon as we we've met before, for those who don't know this, oh yeah, we have met before, and so grinder, um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> good to be back. Yes, he's just kidding. But you uh, have such good energy, 
And so like, if this was your grinder profile, it would say like, you know, good energy yeah. versus yep. I'm Porter, <laughs> Mexican. Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah. Mexican versus loves neutrals. Right. White wine. Yes. Olive colors. Olive. Yeah. Olive tones. Green's my, one of my favorite colors. Yes. And yeah. And, uh, and, and and me apparently and so loves hi, Brandon Black <laughs> specifically you and so I want to start out the podcast asking about your mental health. Mm. Where are you at on a scale of one to ten? Where are you at right now, mental health wise? How are you feeling right now? Ah oh, man, like one is trash. You're not feeling right. good. You might want to check into a facility. Yeah, and let's say ten is euphoric bliss, heavenly vibes. You're just a game. All right. And then everything be real. in between. Yeah. Be real with you. I'm at like a good four. Four. Yeah. Okay. I'm a four. I'm not one, but I'm definitely four. I'm feeling some lack of motivation. Mm. I'm not, I haven't experienced it this way before. Are you like professionally motivation or just in life in general? Mainly professionally, but my profession has been my whole identity for my whole life. So then it kind of equates to my life, but that's just it is that I don't want my professional life to equate to who I am as an entire person anymore. But then once I start trying to strike a new balance, I don't know what that is. And so that leaves me at a four (laughs) because I don't even want to just be an actor anymore. I want to be a writer. I want to be a director. I want to be a producer. Is it, is it hard to change it? Like, okay, so you're an actor, mm-hmm. accomplished. You've been in some great shows. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. It's, I mean, great, and you're young. Good for you on that front. Thank you. So also, though, if you want to break into writing and directing all that, is the door kind of open for you a little bit because you're acting and so you have relationships built? Like, how does I, that- You know, I, I yeah, I do have some relationships built. And I guess the stuff I want to write about is so personal that- it's hard to start because like the first rule is you're going to suck at first. Yeah. Your script is going to suck. The first draft, the first few drafts, the first 10 drafts, the first 20 drafts, you know, like you're going to suck. And the whole reason why I want to write is because there's things about my viewpoint on life and who I am as a person that I have not been able to use in my work yet. So, but then what that means is like, I'm scared to write it because I don't want it to be bad because it's supposed to serve this whole purpose that I'm not getting from acting right now. Yeah. And it's you. It's me. So it's, if people don't like that, you're like, oh, you don't f- with me. And you know what? I'm cool with if they didn't like it, but I really liked it and thought that it really was what I wanted to do. Okay. What I'm worried about is if it's like kind of just like a, this is, I mean, I made something. I did it. I did something. And then people don't like it. Honestly, even if they did, I still would not feel great because <laughs> see, this is why I'm at a four because yeah. you can like it or not. I still ain't happy. And it's, be, it's because I need to be happy. I need to be satisfied with my stuff. So that way, when someone gives me a compliment, I believe them. And so that's, what's tough right now is like, yes, thank you. I have done a number of things and I am proud of them. I don't want to Attached make- to some very strong projects. Yes. And I am proud of them. I am. It's just, that's nowhere near where I want to stop. You know, like these are still stepping stones to something more that I want. Yeah. 
You know, it's like when do we feel like we made it? I, I think st- I'm still struggling. Yeah, right? in my head, I'm like, I haven't made it. Yeah, no chance. Doesn't matter how much money or what. I'm still like, I could do better. Yeah, I'm very. Are you very hard on yourself yes, too? Yes, okay. I, am. I I do have. That's kind of how the way I've gotten results is by being hard on myself, and I just want to change that. But I don't know what else there is. So that's that's why I'm at a four is because. I'm at this place of trying to figure something else out, but what it kind of feels like is inaction. The things that excited me before don't excite me the same way. Like just getting an audition is not exciting to me. That used to be exciting to me. Now even getting good auditions don't really excite me because I now know that there's so much between me receiving the audition and me getting and then doing the job and then that coming out. It has to come out. It has to then, you know what I mean? There's Mm. so much in the way of that. Like if you get an audition, Mm -hmm. you nail it, you feel good. Mm -hmm. You're still not that excited. That's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then because you know, after that happens and let's say you get the role, then you film it, whatever. Mm -hmm. Because what I've learned in the industry is even after that, Mm -hmm. even after you film it, like it still might not go anywhere, which I don't even think people realize that. There's stuff that just gets shelved after you've, Poured yourself. Poured your, called your grandma and told her that you you finally did it. You're the lead of this DC Batwoman project. Oh, it's not the most recent uh-huh. one. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling on real ass examples where oh, they just right. shelved the entire project after it's been completely shot, start to finish, wow. and use it as a tax write off, as a loss. That's what happened. Is they use it as a loss. Oh, I didn't know that. So the studio benefits in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Imagine that. So again, it's like, okay, I'm not in the fantasy version of it anymore. I'm in the real life version of it where all of these different things can happen. So then I need to move the goalpost on where it is that I get my happiness or where it is that I then say I've made it. Like you said, like, when do I know I've made it? Yeah. I don't think we ever know. Have you had at least one I made it moment though? Yes, of course. Okay, cause same. Yes, I have. I want to hear at least I'm, one of your I made, I made it moments. I'm happy to tell you. And thank you for asking because yeah. I know I just sound like a uh, dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're all dumpster fires here. Yeah. It's and you know, at least I'm not, I'm not a one, I'm a four dumpster fire. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> sizzling out, you know? <laughs> I got to take my mom to a premiere for a movie I was the lead in. And not only that, I staged an entire photo shoot in the hotel room of her. Because I got I got her glam squad. Like she had hair, makeup, gowns, everything. Like I got to like see her have a movie premiere. She was getting ready for a movie premiere. So my biggest brag from that whole thing was Did like, you hire people to do that for her? Yes. Well, so this was what was just so, it just really all worked out. I have zero complaints about this day. And I'm glad you brought it up also, because I do have to, I do have to ruminate on it sometimes. It kind of- And immortalize it on a podcast. And immortalize it on a podcast, because this is here forever. And it really did happen. I, I had a team because, you know, Netflix was paying for me to have my own team for the premiere. Yeah. But then my stylist, he was like, your mom has to- she has to do like her own glam. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have the money to like get her everything she needs. And he was like, I'll pay for it. This dude paid for 
my mom's, his name is Jamar Hart. Shout out to Jamar. He paid for my mom's hair and makeup. Wow. Like from like industry standard, like, you know, the same people you know with your job, like that, like expensive, had her snatched up (laughs) and she's never, she's never had that treatment before. And she, you know, her, her idols, Marilyn Monroe and like, Oh, she, she got, loves old Hollywood. She loves old Hollywood. So getting she her- She must have hated the new movie. She hasn't even watched it because she, she's still mad at Kim Kardashian for wearing the dress. <laughs> oh. She's pissed. Fair. I'm Same. like, leave her alone. She kind of, your listeners might've liked this, but I feel like- No, yeah. strongly disagree. You Are you going to say <laughs> that she's our new Marilyn? I've had wine, guys. I've had no wine. No chance in hell. Marilyn did not want to just be a sexual image. And she also like opened her own production company and like became a boss, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Kim started as a sexual image and then became a boss. I mean, it can stop there, but like, yeah, we can stop there. It can (laughs) can stop right there. Yeah. You're fair in the sense of like her figure, like Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian, Mm -hmm. curvaceous queen. And so that became like having, you know, what is it? A BBL when you get yes, the, like that Brazilian and, butt lift. Yeah, and then also like you know just that snatched waist and like her the silhouette and like very iconic for like this specific time we're in. Just like Marilyn in her yes. time. Okay, yes. I'll give her that. And we can put a period on that sentence. Sure. I don't know. There's something about Kim Kardashian. Like, not the biggest fan at all. A lot of people aren't. Yeah. I always just feel like everybody's obsessed. Well, for me, I'm always just more fascinated by how much they don't like her because I'm growing and learning in this business and I'm seeing what happens when people have big success and people don't like her to where they talk about her all the time and that she has no idea who these people are. People will get into arguments about her and <laughs> you know, like yeah. my mom will call me, did you hear that Kim? And I'm like, it's fascinating to me because that's just someone that I don't know and you don't know and you feel such a way about it. And it's not really about her. It's more, I just find it interesting. Like fame does this thing to where like, we all have an opinion about someone we have no, we don't know, we don't know her at all. But like, I've I've just have Kim Kardashian exhaustion, Uh, Kim Kardashian or Kardashian fatigue. I feel that I, I'm exhausted. For instance, you know, like one of the shows that I've recently been in is, called Monster Dahmer, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which yeah. is about Jeffrey Dahmer, if you couldn't tell. And it was extremely successful for Netflix. It's still number one in several 92 countries. 92 countries. 92. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. It's top 10 in 92 countries. It's probably number one in like 70. Yeah. That's insane. And it's on the fourth week of that now as at time of recording. Wow. But right when it came out, everyone had an opinion. Boycott the show. They should they should take this. You know, like everyone had these thoughts or people were coming out with their experience on set that like, you know, gave them PTSD. You know, all, there's all these mm. stories that are, are coming out. And it's just fascinating to see what happens kind of from a neutral place. Like I'm not mad or happy. This I'm just watching what's happening. And it's just really interesting to see when there's a topic that's that popular. Or people, a person. Or a person. People really do want to be 
the one to craft the tweet that like tears that thing down in a way that goes viral or something. It's just really interesting that outrage is the like the sexy thing is to like yeah. how mad and nuanced about your, your being mad. Can you be, you can build a whole career on that. You can build an entire Candace Owens. Yeah. Huh. The Candace Owens of it all. Listen, whole thing. You, you'll have to steer me out of this. Cause I won't stay here if you don't want me to, but I want to, okay. You can touch on it. You know why? Cause it's such a thing right now, but you as a black man here, mm -hmm. Candace Owens coming into the ring here. She is, the shock of it all. And I mean, there are millions of people. She speaks very assertively. Yeah. She has very strong opinions on stuff. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a couple of things that I'm like, okay, uh -huh. I actually feel you on that. Most of the stuff I don't, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't really follow her and like everything she said. I just know that she's a very controversial shock type person. That's like, yeah. take the red pill. Yeah. This is your chance to wake up America. You're being brainwashed. Like it's very, yeah. Don't trust the media. Don't trust anybody. Like, right. While <sighs> capitalizing off of a man's manic episode, you know, like she, her husband owns parlor, which is this alt-right like social media platform that was taken down because of how much hate speech and organizing of, you know, hate crimes and all this stuff. They all took it down, but it still exists. And her husband owns it. He, so yes, she's married to the guy that has this thing. And she just, Kanye just bought it. And it's like, I just feel like you put yourself next to Kanye while he's like spouting all this bullshit because he's in this state and you take his credit card and swipe it for him and tell him he, he did a good thing. And if she's supposed to be so like anti-woke, I guess her whole thing is like being anti-woke, yeah. but you just exploited a black man. And I'm not taking his defense either because I'm also tired. I was a Kanye fan and I, I held on a lot longer than most people. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, I'm a stubborn person and I also like to think that I can sit there and actually listen to the intent of what you're saying, not just the words that are being grabbed for a headline, but like actually hear what you're saying in its entirety before I make a decision. And so with that, I, and also Kanye selfishly for me is like been a soundtrack to my entire success. Absolutely. Forever. This yeah. is someone who was the, him and Pharrell were the first. Oh, Pharrell, love him too. First kind of black men that I was like, oh, I'm more like this than like this. Yeah. And it was like cool. Through to be the that wire, way. come on now. Come on. This right here, history in the making, man. I really apologize for this right now. If it's unclear at all, man, they got my mouth wired shut for like, I don't know, the doctor said like six weeks. You know, yeah, we can start by having. Right. Yeah, so it's just it's hard. Best. It's a hard morning period to go from yeah. through the wire to this white lives matter bullshit. And I'm just, I'm so mad. Like I feel you know, the way people are mad at Kim for just being Kim. I'm like mad at Kanye, but I feel like I have real reasons. I have like, you are woven into my success story and look what you're doing. You know? Yeah. That's why I was like, you'll have to get me out of this. Cause I'll, we could have a whole <laughs> podcast on this. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. 
I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. I'm all about leveling up with my low lifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style, and I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. I want to take it back to Dahmer, though. Yes. You auditioned for this huge show. Did you know that you were going in for Dahmer? Because sometimes actors go in blindly, right? You don't know yes. what you're reading for? Oftentimes. I did know that this was that, though. Yes. Did you specifically go for this role, or did you not, like... How does that work? I went for multiple roles before this one. Okay. Tracy was the role that Sean Brown, who's a friend of mine, he played in the first episode, the one that got away that got Dahmer caught. That was already booked. Tracy um, Edwards, right? Tracy the, Edwards. Yeah. That, that role is already booked. Sean already had that job. But then there was you know, a lot of other 
black gay men roles to be had. And I auditioned for a few of them, sometimes two at a time. They would, they'd be like, audition for this one and this one. Okay, now audition for this one and this one. And I just do I I wanted to be on that show so bad. I would do any, I was like, I'll walk across the screen on that show. Just get me on that show. I will be eaten alive. I, whatever. <laughs> and so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever needs to happen. You're a fan of Ryan Murphy. Like, why did you want to be on it so bad? I'm a fan of Ryan Murphy's. Same. I'm a fan of Evan Peters. Love him. I'm obsessed with like true crime. And I also knew about Jeffrey Dahmer. I wrote an essay about Jeffrey Dahmer in like high school. Same. And really. And did my thesis on him. Right. School. Yeah. See? I love the guy. I'm well. <laughs> Don't love him. You're fascinated by fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just it's so the even wrapping your brain around something so sick like that, it's yeah, that's where it comes from. Like the human how the human brain works and it's just yeah, it's been it's wild to me. So anyway. Yeah, I agree. And and so now here's a project that is Jeffrey Dahmer, Evan Peters, and Ryan Murphy. Like, I have to get on this show. Yeah. And so this particular audition, you know, I'd, I'd been auditioning for the show for months and it just not getting any of the roles or whatever. And then, but this particular one, I was just coming back from Atlanta from shooting Medea. I was studying the lines on the plane. I landed, had to go to my mom's house, immediately tape it because it was already late. Taped it as soon as I got off the plane. Audition? Your the, audition? The audition tape. Yeah. Oh. At home. My friend had to learn the lines like while I was flying, he was learning the lines at his house because he had to drive. He was on a road trip. So he had to learn the lines so he could just say them while driving. So he FaceTimed me and he would like say his line so I could say mine. But like he's, I'm, I'm just picking up the audio of his voice saying the lines and I'm like acting to like the air in my mom's house because yeah. COVID, you can't audition with people anymore. So sent it off, nothing happened. And then like a month later, they're like, hey, you booked it and you have to go get COVID tested today by five o'clock. It's 345. And when was this? Start shooting tomorrow. This was in July of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I've been waiting for this to come out for a long time. July of last, okay, damn. Yeah. So you got that, you must've been freaking out when you got that call. Freaking out. I was already used to like the hustle vibe because- I'm what they call a blue collar actor. Like I have to, I have to. I don't know that term. A blue collar actor is someone who's like not too cute to get shit done. Like, you know, like some people are going to be like, oh, like if this is due tomorrow, like I can't do it because like I have things to do. I would, I would move all my shit around to get things done. Like I would go from Santa Monica to North Hollywood back to, you know, yeah. wherever. You're to, on the grind. I'm on the grind. Like I, Hell yeah. it's, it's real out here. Like I'm like that. Plus, I just came from shooting with Tyler Perry, who shoots extremely fast, and you just got to be ready to run at all times and let schedules change and everything. So when they're like, hey, you have the COVID test right now, you shoot tomorrow, I was like, got it, cool. Rent was Heart was racing, but was like, I can do this. Hope you don't have COVID. Right? Hope I don't have COVID. Because, oh my God, what if I lose the job because of that, which is always my fear. That happens, right? That does happen. God. Especially for a role where you're not like a central character. You're like, they can recast you. They haven't built everything around you, so they can definitely recast you. They can go with their second choice. It's terrifying. And I was like, I have to have that job. 
So I went and got tested, went to a fitting and was on set looking at Evan Peters the next day. Wow. And this is someone I've wanted to work with for like 10 years. And like less than 24 hours later, I'm acting across from him who's dressed and acting and sounding like Jeffrey Dahmer. Method? Is he staying in the role? Or are you guys having Flaming Hot Cheetos on a break? I'm reluctant to call him Method only because that would be for him to say, but he would keep himself separate between most of the takes. If there, if it was like we're going again right away, he would be there and he was like collaborative still. Like he was still an actor willing to talk to another actor about the scene and like, what should we, you know, do we want another take? So if you're method, you can't do that because you're not an actor. You're that person. You know? Right. Okay. So he yeah. wasn't that, but he was like- In it. Very in it. <laughs> held on to the accent. Um, <laughs> that creepy accent. Yeah. That- and he, you know, if it was like, we have five minutes, he would be gone. He'd be somewhere else. Yeah. Eating meat in his dressing room. I loved it because I want to like, I want to work like him. I want to be like him. Yeah, his, yeah, he's an incredible actor. Yeah, I was so excited to be in that. Where, show where sure. were you shooting this? Uh, Raleigh Studios is on Melrose. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah, we're shooting here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then so the exteriors were shot like mid city area. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So and they just like dressed the buildings differently, and they had like you know they brought in cars that were of that time and stuff like that. It's also my first period piece, which people don't always think of. I mean that that is a period in time, the '90s. That is a period yeah. piece. You know, I had a flat top. Had on, oh, you look so cute. I loved it. I loved all of it so much, and they spent so much time on every single detail. Everybody in everybody's departments were like looking at reference photos and being like, that needs to move 2% that way. And that, I mean, fine tuning. They were arguing about the door of the apartment to my apartment for like an hour. And I was like, I love this. This is what I want to do. I I want everyone here to feel like an artist and not just like, there are some jobs where people would just, here doing this because this is the check. And then there are jobs like that where like the the DP and like the girl on camera A or whatever is like kind of pitching an idea. And like, you can tell like, you know, really it's this person's job to to be talking about all the shots, but like, well, what if we did that? And they're like, yeah, let's try it next time. It was very supportive. It was also a female director. Oh, nice. And I will say too that playing a real person who was a victim was like when it came out, I felt very like heavy for a while. Really? So I can be like, like I'm not as sensitive to it now. Like at first it was a little bit like hard to kind of see some of the memes because oh, I was God. like, this is not funny. <laughs> now I can separate. I know. God, that's, that's what's so f***ed up about that series too. I know. Because it is so heavy. It's so heavy. And these are real people that were murdered. This yeah. isn't make-believe world. These this are is... families that are... St- and it wasn't that long ago. I, right. We're talking the 90s here. Yeah. And it's just like going home with some random white guy. Like that happens. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that happens. And So and were you kind of going through it? Maybe that's why you're at a four still. I was I was going through it for a second. I haven't told this story, but when I got the audition, they didn't say that it was a real person. And 
normally they say this is, you know, here's a reference photo and whatever. There was no information about this being a real person. And the, the, the you know, character breakdown was like, you know, a nice neighbor moves in next door to Glinda and me playing like sweet boy next door roles all the time. I was like, oh, I'm just doing what I'd be doing. But I still knew to uh, to like Google this person's name to be sure because this is a real story about who we're talking about. Nothing came up. I saw nothing. So oh, that's weird. Right. So I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Me having no information about him just means what I do know is that this is the 90s in Milwaukee being gay and black and rough. Right. Just that is enough to be potent in, in like grounding yourself in like the reality of the time and what that means. And like, this isn't the nicest apartment building. So that means something about finances. And I just kind of kept it there. And I made like a playlist of music from the nineties that I, really? I, yeah, that I thought maybe he would be into, but this is all based off of no information about him. So this is just kind of like music I like from the nineties. That's like, like, you know, rock music from the nineties and stuff, you know? Yeah. And then it came out and someone DM'd me and was like, do you have any information on him? Because I can't find anything online. And I was like, oh, he's an, I thought he, you know, I said, oh, he's an amalgamation of a few unsolved cases that they needed to kind of like drive the plot forward. Because someone on set told me that I'm the only fictional character. So I believed that, especially because I Googled and couldn't find anything. What? Okay. Wow. This is like leading all the way up to you, like actually performing. Yes. Like as I'm going to perform, people are telling me like while they're doing my hair and makeup or whatever, like this is a uh, fictional character and I'm having imposter syndrome. Like, oh, like maybe they'll edit me out because like I'm not a real character. Part of the actual story. Yeah, like I could get cut out. I want things to be like what I want them to be, which is like, I got this part and I'm playing this guy and it's just like, I'm a fictional character. And then when it comes out and that this person messages me is like, hey, do you have any information on him? And I'm like, no, nah, like this is like a, a fictional character who's like a sum of a few people. But then I just have something in me that's like, Google this person's name again because the show is out now and people are maybe talking about this character. I Google his name again and like I scroll for a little bit and something comes up and says Dean Von Cold Case, Milwaukee. And mm-hmm. my jaw drops because I'm like, and my stomach starts to hurt immediately because I'm like, I, is this a real person? I click on it and some this person was strangled in their apartment, something Jeffrey Dahmer did. He strangled his victims, but he wasn't chopped up or any of the other f***ed up shit that Jeffrey Dahmer did. So I was like, well, maybe, no. Like I look at the address, it's the same address as Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I realized this is a real person. Wow. And I did not know that when I went to shoot it and when I was preparing for it and I was like devastated that I took the responsibility of playing a real person and didn't know it. And I just like, I was at the gym when I I had to leave the gym. I couldn't, I was sick. So I'm like Googling. I can't find any information on him at all. All I saw is that there was a cold case and he was strangled and there were like beer cans around his body and like porn stuffed into his pockets in the same apartment complex that Jeffrey Dahmer lived in at the same time that Jeffrey Dahmer was on a killing spree right before he got caught. There is a 98% chance. Yeah. He right? was one of Dahmer's a, victims. A black gay man in his type range, all that stuff. And then I, I realized after I 
because I called the the detective's hotline number like, hi, and I'm like on a pre. I just took a pre workout. I'm ready to work <laughs> out. Like I'm like about to work out. Like so, my wait, heart is wait. racing. You called the detective because there's a de- there's the cold case had a detective's number, <laughs> and so I was like, hi, um, I'm pl- I played this I played this this character on TV. And then I see that there's a cold. That made no sense. And the girl in the other line, I could tell is a black lady. She's like, baby, what? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) she was like, you thought that Dahmer was a fictional story. It's like, no, no. I just thought that my character was fictional. And then I find no one called me back, (laughs) but I Googled some more. And what I realized that there is that even if I had found something at the time, there was nothing to find. There was nothing on him at all, except for I found a picture. Then I like felt devastated all over again because I saw his face as a real person that really died. And I had to remind myself, I looked for this and this wasn't here. And the reason why Google has moved this to the front page is because people are Googling his name now because right. they're trying to see what happened to him. If something had come up on Google back then, there was nothing to find other than that he was strangled in his apartment, which is what I knew from the script. So there was nothing there. But so that story is to say, you know, we play, we take on the responsibility of playing real people when we play these kinds of parts. And I think as an actor, you you realize what an honor it is. Cause even when these are fictional characters, if you're playing someone gay, you're like, I'm pl- like, this is something gay people go through. And I'm now representing that on screen. So when someone gay is watching this, they're going to feel like they understand it. So this being a real person, I was so upset. And I had to kind of just be like, I played him with the knowledge that I had, which was that he was a gay man, black in the 90s, meeting a seemingly charming, allegedly good looking white guy. And that's all that anyone knows about him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I never told anyone that story because it like really bothered me that. Did you think you didn't do it justice, the role? I had to get myself out of that because I absolutely thought that. Mm. Because I didn't know. Yeah. And I had to keep saying. Plus like his family. Exactly. Who I also couldn't find any information on. Interesting. I couldn't find anything on his family. I couldn't find. All I know is that he wasn't disposed of. It's hard to call say that about someone's body, but like he wasn't disposed of in the way that other people's bodies were that were Jeffrey Dahmer victims. And he, Jeffrey Dahmer was asked about him and he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. While being very forthcoming about the 17 other people that he did kill. But one of the people he killed, he said he didn't remember doing it. He just woke up next to them and they were dead. And so that leads me to think, because he was a raging alcoholic. That's what happened with him and Stephen Hicks. Exactly. And there were, remember, there were beer cans all around Dean Vaughn's body and he's just in the same in the same building as Jeffrey. So I'm like, maybe he doesn't even remember killing him. And then that just made me think of how sad it is at how sloppy of a serial killer he was and was able to do it for so long because of who him being a white man, you know, versus these black people who were gay and so... They were looked at like disposable in society. Exactly. And then this proves that they fucking were. When this guy can be drunk, driving with bodies in his trunk, like <laughs> his apartment stinks. Like it couldn't be more obvious. He said himself, he was like, I was waiting to get caught and I just never did. <laughs> I, know, I know. Like, can you, what? Yeah. You know? 
So it just goes to show you that like this person was murdered by who I have to assume is Jeffrey Dahmer, but his family got no closure. It's still a cold case right now. I want to find his family. Right? I know. And That'd be awesome for them to meet you because you you played there. I mean, I would hope that they were able to attribute this case to Jeffrey Dahmer so they could get like some closure on it. And also like victims of the family, the families who had victims that were murdered from Jeffrey Dahmer got a settlement and this family didn't because- A settlement from who? I think it was like the city. Somebody had to pay them. Oh, because there was a book deal. And so any proceeds from the book from Jeffrey's dad went to the victims. So like any kind of money that was garnished is not going to go to this cold case when it's like, it couldn't be more clear except for he didn't, he didn't chop the body up and yeah, it's just so wild. Anyway, bake it, freeze it. I don't tell, I haven't said that because like, it just, I'm a bit sad that like, and it it, you up a bit. It me up a bit that I, I didn't know this. I saw you post about him yeah. on Instagram. I felt like I had to post that because there's no information about him anywhere. So at least if someone is looking, they can find that. And so someone who played him at least had something to say. And people, so many people messaged me like, thank you for saying something. I can't find anything about him online. And you know what you said was you know so well thought out. And this, I wrote that shit in my feelings because it felt like I was doing him like they did him. Like he doesn't count. Yeah. Oh. But also I think the, the fact that it did bother you so much is a testament to how much you care. And also you couldn't pick a better person to play a character in that sense, because you really give so much of yourself to it. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And, and respectful. I think that's part of being at the four is like, you realize stuff that is really important only seemingly is important to you. Yeah. These things can happen in such a hurry that you miss like the gravity of stuff. And clearly the creators knew something about him to use his name and to, he was strangled, you know? And, and, you know, like, I just wish that I knew that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that him being in the show is such a a great thing for me because there's now at least some acknowledgement of who he is at all versus the nothing before. So I'm so glad they put him in the show. And I love that people were asking questions like people, there's articles now, there was no articles about him and there's tons of articles about all the other victims. There's now articles about him because people were like, who was this? What happened to him? Yeah, You know? And, and so I'm, I'm thankful that something is out there. So even if someone's like, that guy looks like this guy in my uncle's photo. Like this is his best friend or something. Like, oh, he said, you know, something, anything to where maybe someone will call that number and have some kind of something, you know? Yeah. Is your New Year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. 
Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. I'm curious, would you have been attracted to Jeffrey Dahmer? 2022, you see Dahmer? Okay. No, (laughs) I wouldn't have been. I think Evan Peters is cute. I do too. Like, especially like in the first season of American Horror Story, I I was super attracted to him. Wait, first season of American Horror Story, was that the haunted house? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And he was just a fucking psycho. He was like that troubled kid who was seeing the... Yeah. Oh, that's oh my god. Yeah. It's all, it's all coming back to me right yeah. now. Yeah, he was troubled and wasn't he stalking someone? Yeah, and he like, you know. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Which I'm probably, into it. We, we I'm so into. It. I love I love a psycho king. Yeah. You know, I love me a crazy king and he got very fit in this show. So like he was good looking, but I didn't think he if all felt gross and clammy. Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Fair. Even on set, did it feel pretty? They dressed the set so perfectly that like there's yeah. stains on the carpet. Like even in my apartment, like my apartment was dingy too. It's like these aren't nice apartments. I thought that his apartment, the what was the name of your character again? Dean Vaughn. Dean Vaughn. Thank yeah. you. I thought that he lived in the building across from Jeffrey in real life. And that guy had, but he in he actuality, was, he was in Jeffrey's actual building. Yeah. Oh shit. Yep. In the same building. Oh. Pam is someone that's not mentioned in the show, but she is an amalgamation of who Glinda is in the show. Yeah, Glinda is playing... Glinda is really Glinda and Pam. Well, and Pam's husband isn't in it either. Right, right. And I remember... Did you watch the documentary series? No. Netflix had a documentary series as well. That oh, came I didn't watch it. Like a few weeks after, and he's in that. And he was like friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, yeah, his homies with him. Yeah. I've seen him in other interviews. Yeah. Like Jeffrey gave him 60 bucks for his sister's yeah, wedding. And he's like, he was a nice guy. It was yeah. like, <laughs> so strange. And so just like, it really, a lot of people feel a lot of ways about the show. Like people, you know, there was outrage about it being tagged with LGBT on Netflix. I get that. The quote was, this is not the representation we were looking for. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I get it. Yeah. Jeez. However, this is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Uniquely gay. We meet up with guys in secret still, and your friends don't know where you are. And you should maybe see what can happen to you. I think. Jesus, you, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's so intense. And so, yeah, be careful out there on them streets. Be careful on them streets. Don't you text, okay, if you're going to go meet up with somebody, don't you give someone a heads up, Brandon? (laughs) It stops tonight. If you go and meet up with anybody. I'm dropping a pin. Just give me a pin. I'll give you a pin. I'm not going to sleep now until I, because I'm like, Brandon's probably 
right now. Right. Out in them streets. Out in them streets. <laughs> just out here getting it. No, I definitely am. No, drop. I, I always let people know where I'm at. Always. I'm an only child. Same. And a Scorpio. And I'm grown. That's how I'd be feeling. What the hell? <laughs> and like very private about it. Yeah. And, but again, this is a cautionary tale and I have kind of been like, yeah, I need to, I need to be careful because you don't know what can happen. Before doing this, were you as careful? Are you a trusting person? No, I'm no, I'm not. (laughs) Same. No. If I do do some sneak shit, I'm still scared while I'm doing it. You know? Yeah. Um, Because again, I knew about Jeffrey Dumber already. You know, I, I know about what can happen. And I've also come across some weird ass people before. Really? Yeah. What's like, the, can you share a weird situation that happened where you meet up with somebody and it's usually on an app, like a grinder or any sort of dating app, mm-hmm. a hookup app more so. And I guess, yeah, you meet up with someone you really don't know. Like some people just like, you don't, you know, again, you know, this is under the context of like a, a random hookup, like someone you don't know. Yeah. Like, we can't do rough stuff if I don't know you. Like, no, not you tearing off my f-ing boxers right now. Tearing them off. Like, did they Venmo you for him? Right? Like, what is this? Like, I wore good shit because I knew I was going to, someone was going to see him. Yeah. You know? You know, so there's just been like <laughs> weird, like, or, or like people who like, you know, wanted me to like, just do stuff that I was like. This is too extreme for someone who I don't know. Like, how do I know that you're not going to just take this too far and like kill me? Oh, I'm not. First off, I'm not like the biggest like fetish person. But you're not going to yuck somebody's yum. I'm not going to yuck somebody's yum. That's but also, I'm I'm down to learn a new yum. You know, I love a, I love a good yum. Yeah. So if I'm gonna learn a new one, I gotta kind of I have to kind of see. But I could rather it be with someone that I'm not just meeting in the middle of the night, like. Where no one knows where I am. Have you seen some weird yums out there? Yeah. Yeah. Where um, you're like, oh, that was unexpected. Yeah. Someone want to piss on you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Someone has wanted to do that before. <laughs> and like, I'm not here for it. I'm not, I mean, like, like, where does it happen? Like, does it just happen in people's bed? Like in bedding? Like, so this is your I bed. actually dated a guy and he, I didn't know this about him. That was his thing. Okay. And he wanted to piss on me. And did you let him do it? Sure did. Yeah. And did you like it? Loved it. Okay. Now, so tell <laughs> me, where does it happen? I didn't love it. You didn't love it? No, I didn't love it. I was just like, oh, this is happening. Well, he, it, we were taking a shower together and then he was like, I, he just started doing it actually. I would do it in the shower. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you're pissing on me. And like, so I like, it kind of threw me, but it, it was like more of a joke I thought. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, like. This I, is my shit. I really want to piss on you. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, uh, hold on. Cause I'm like, just like, I have like a nice, it's Osea. It's a really expensive body scrub. <laughs> and so I just used it. And I'm like, come on. Like, yeah. Like now I have to use it it's again. It's like $40 a jar. Yeah. It's and the price. Like, high price scrub your pee off. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm down to try this out. And so, yeah, that's this thing. I don't know. Part of me was like, where does that stem from? Why are you into that? Yes. Like people who want a foot in their mouth or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I'm so fascinated by all of that. Well, I think we're similar in the way that, like, we want to know where things come from. I think Mm -hmm. that's why you were fascinated with Jeffrey Dahmer back in the day, as was I, is like, 
I studied abnormal psychology because I wanted to know how, why do people have vo voices? Like, why do they hear voices? You know? So not, not that like, you know, your yums are you hearing voices, but like, just where does it come from? Like, did something happen during formative years where it was like, you know, now that just plays into what you like or like, what is it? You know, like, I'm just always curious because like some things seem like to me, dicks, asses, mouths and pecs are the things. But for some people, it's like feet. I have a weird one. What's yours? <laughs> I, I am hands. I do love hands. Well, you said mouths, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a big one for me. Like I, lo I love a good mouth. I love a good mouth. Yeah. But also weirdly enough, well, maybe because I just like mine being played with earlobes. No, I get that. Yeah. Like a little nibble. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. I and guess I, I enjoy that being done to me and I like doing it to other people too. Yeah, definitely come nibble on his earlobe for sure. But I guess, but you're right. There's like very specific things like a foot in the mouth or yeah. a fist up the ass. Yeah, like like that. Like what is it about- What happened to you? That, what happened? What's going on? Because that's not comfortable. But also then you have to be like, well, I think I'm inna innately yucking your yum if I'm saying what happened to you. Sure. You know, that's that's got a negative connotation. Does. So I should be like, oh, what happened? Like someone, <laughs> you know, he's got to flip it. <laughs> okay. What happened to you? <laughs> did you ever watch Real Sex on HBO? Sure did. Yes. Loved it. Okay. Loved it. Talking about yucking someone's yum. They were celebrating them on that show. They were. And I think that's where like, did you watch that sex, how to make a sex room on Netflix? No. You're going to love it. This is a show about this older like British lady who's helping couples make sex rooms. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's great. Like yeah. a dungeon, like 50 shades of whatever the f type yeah. of, okay. You know, like bondage stuff, like yeah. the whole thing. And you just, you get to see different people's things and what they're into. There's like a polyamorous episode where the sex room, they like make a huge bed for the whole like pod to enjoy together. And it's just interesting, you know? Wow. Yeah, because these are also just like people. These are all just like, there's, you know, like these are just like people going to work and going to the grocery store and then coming back to their like pod of people that all f each other. I love it. You know what? I'm like, maybe I would do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm open to a little pod. Yeah, a little group dinner. That's cute. In more ways than one. Yeah, like. Why not? Feast as a family. Exactly. I'm not mad at it. I watched, what is it? Things Explained. Love it. On Netflix. Yeah. Your network. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're the point. poster boy for Things Explained. But they did an episode on monogamy. And Ooh. I'm someone who's always been very monogamous. I talked about this on another show because I was like, I'm a one partner person. I was in a six-year committed relationship. I've always just done committed relationships. Yeah, that's just my thing. I like yeah. feeling safe, grounded, and with someone and growing with them. Yeah. However, after watching that knowing that men and women aren't actually wired for monogamy. Mm. It's a social structure and there's a, I mean, there's capitalism involved in mm. it. There's marketing, there's economics. It all comes down to the bottom line, financials, yep. money. Yep. And so the idea of marriage or committing yourself to one person and also we're living a lot longer now. So mm. being in a 
20 year relationship was unheard back then. Like people only lived to like 50 back in the day. Yeah, your, then it increased to 60. dies and he gets you a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> now the average, you know, life expectancy for a male is 78. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. But marriages are now lasting, you know, 20, 30, 40 something years. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be with one person for the rest of my life. And it's not even about wanting to whore it around and, and sleep with other people. I think there's something like, maybe you just aren't going to, be so vested in one person to check every box for a soulmate for you. Yeah. Do, do you want to get married? Oh my God. I was like, I thought, do you want to get married? To I me? was like, yes, <laughs> I feel a connection with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Scorpio King. <laughs> yes. And yes, I do want to get married. Yeah. I'm down to get married. <laughs> I, that does, <laughs> I would need you to say more than, yeah, I'm down to get married. Yeah. yeah. Why not? It's yeah. Friday. March is nice for yeah. me. I like Hawaii. I think I'm going to have a couple marriages under my belt. Got it. Okay. Well, I come from like, my parents were married for, they're still married actually, 30 something years. Mm. My Nana though, God bless her, uh, married several times, mm. five under her belt. Mm. What a queen, Elizabeth Taylor, Latina yeah. style. Yeah. Multiple marriages are a part of my family as well. Really? Mm -hmm. Wait, are your mom and dad- were they? They were married and then divorced. Okay. Um, Divorciado. My, my mom remarried. My dad remarried. Everyone, okay. Everyone in my family has remarried more than once. Do you want to get married? Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Three, four times. Yeah. No, I do. I do want to get married. I still like. I still believe in the 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 thing. Uh, happily ever after yeah but i also or not <laughs> i'm sure my exes if they were to listen they'd be like what is he talking about he's him full he of still shit. believes in the thing yeah no he like, doesn't yeah no but i i do want to find the right person that i want to be with in the long term and i want uh, at least two kids you know probably oh. just two kids but like yeah more than one kid if you were to uh have kids would you want to have a surrogate, adopt? Do you care? Is that even something you've thought about? Well, so my mom, my mom and my grandma are both very fascinated with like the royal bloodline and you know, they they know everything about the whole royal family from the UK and all that stuff. So there's just always there's always been this idea of passing my genes. Passing the the royal, seed. the royal seed, yeah. And Carrying so, it. Okay. I mean, that was one of my mom's hardest things for her when I came out to her was that her bloodline wasn't going to continue. Wow. Um, yeah. And I was like, it is going to continue. I want, ideally, I would have a kid that was genetically mine. And With your I'd, sperm. My sperm. And then I'd want to adopt a kid too. Yeah. Yeah. I think adoption is- um, I definitely want to adopt too. Yeah, I think adoption is wonderful. And I think that, I mean, I have friends who've adopted their kids and it's like, you really do see like, this isn't pretend, like these are your kids. Like mm -hmm. these, they, they, they're like you, you know, they're forming based off of your care and love for them. So they still, they're your kids, you know? So I would love to have like a little Brandon and a little like- Whoever else, who we'll see what they what, what what's presented. Like who we'll see who finds me. You know. Yeah. I feel like more than two might be harmful for the environment. Um, <laughs> yeah. And a fortune. And a fortune. Yeah. Because I'm expensive. still struggling to take care of my dog and myself. Yeah. So. Kids are pricey. Yeah. I would be happy. You know what? I'm not hard up on it being my sperm, so I'm fine with that in yeah. our relationship. And I think for me. 
I just, if we adopt a child, I would typically, well, boy or girl, little Lorenzo mm. or a little Lola. Mm. Cute little Latin queen or oh. king. Yeah. Maybe from Mexico. Yeah. Or neutral, a neutral royal person, not king or queen. Just. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just. A badass. Just a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah a, a gender neutral. You, you got kings, queens, and badasses. I'm still, you know what? Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I get it. We all are. We all are. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Or we got some great shows coming in hot for you, my kings and queens. I will not be disappointing you. Oh, I'm so excited for the holiday season. And I got some great guests who are just near and dear to my heart. Beautiful conversations, great perspectives, and great topics. So stay tuned for that. Next week is part two with Brandon Black. And then I have Jason Tardick coming in hot for a little J-Lo bromance episode. We'll be answering your questions, giving you some life advice to the best of our abilities. I also want to get the queen to come back because we have some really cute holiday traditions. So I thought maybe we could do a holiday episode. That would be fun. If you have any ideas or you want me to cover any topic or talk about anything specifically or watch any documentaries, whatever, you just let me know. Slide into my DMs or put it in the Facebook group because I love hearing from my listeners. And I just want to say thank you. Gracias to my lowlifers. As much as I enjoy doing this show, I wouldn't be able to do it without you, the listener. There are millions of podcasts out there. Thousands are dropping into this universe every single day. And so for you to take the time to be here, thank you for that. I am so grateful for you as a listener. I will never take you for granted. And I just want to show my appreciation, my gratitude. And the best way for me to do that is with my top love language, which is gifts. I love receiving gifts, but giving them just hits different. I love that even more. And so I have the Low Life Gifting Suite. It's open for business before I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> as long as I can keep this little shit show afloat, I will be sending gifts out to my listeners. So if you want a chance to win a little something, something for the holidays, some hyaluronic serums, beauty products, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Give the podcast five stars and leave a review. And these reviews could be anything you want them to be. Leave a little dick emojis, throw some eggplants my way, a unicorn, a salsa dancer, or you could actually write something. It's all appreciated. All you have to do is make sure you include your Instagram handle somewhere in the review because I might just be sliding into your DMs and sending you a little something something. And when it comes to this podcast, that's the best way to help a podcast, especially an up-and-coming little engine that could... Or couldn't at times. <laughs> That's the best way to support any podcast that you enjoy listening to. Really, though, it's a small gesture that truly makes a big impact. So thank you so much for taking the time to actually leave a review because that is the game changer. It helps with the analytics, the algorithm, getting sponsors, keeping sponsors, keeping this show afloat. The more reviews you have, the better for a podcast. So thank you for leaving multiple reviews. I have listeners who will just drop a review, boom, copy and paste every single week. Thank you for doing that because it really helps, truly makes a big difference. I want to shout out some low lifers who have taken the time to leave that review on Apple Podcasts. These are the backbone of the low life podcast. We would be nothing without these kings and queens. Okay. First one up coming in hot from Shantae Silva. Ooh, I love the name. C-H-A- N-T-A-E, Silva. Shante Silva writes, low is life. <laughs> Five stars. 
each week's episode somehow tops the previous week, and I'm obsessed. I adore you, Lo, and I hope someday all of us lowlifers can all be together blasting Selena and singing it at the top of our lungs. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears or whoever you believe in. Yes, amen, queen. I would freaking love nothing more than to have some sort of a cool tour or something where I get to meet my lowlifers and we could be listening to Selena and having freaking trashy sangria and living our best lives. Oh, that's all I want. Just to be able to give you guys a hug and meet you face to face and have some good times together. Yes, please. Putting that into the universe. Manifestation 2023. It will happen. Next review is from Jesse Venice, J-E-S-S-I, Venice, V-E-N-I-C-E, writes, Love Low, five stars. I want Low as my BFF. This pod is so hilarious. He is always making me actually LOL, which isn't an easy task these days, always. Episodes with Caitlin are my favorites. It's such a perfect pod pair. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah, there's something very special about my little Canadian Maple Delight. The chemistry between us, oh, I just can't get enough. I spent a week with her in Nashville. I left, and within less than 24 hours, I was like, mm, I miss you. I wish I was back in Nashville with you. And so <laughs> I just love hanging with her, and it's effortless. That's the thing with a good quality, solid friendship with like a good foundation. It feels effortless. And so with some friends, I have to put in more effort than others. But with little Judy, we could spend so much time together and not get sick of each other because it doesn't feel like we have to try or put in really any effort. It's just easy, breezy, comfortable, lovely times together. And I can't get enough of that. And so, yes, I can't wait to podcast with her more. I'll be going back on her show. I love co-hosting off the Vine, and I'm going to have her come back to the low life. The Vinos, the low lifers, we are all one big happy family. All right, we have time for one more review. This one is coming in from Queen Kate Michaels. K-A-T-E-M-I-C-H-A-L-E-T-Z. Kate Michaels writes, God, I love low five stars. I count down till Thursday every week when I get to listen to my favorite puta <laughs> deliver an always amazing episode. Low's ability to get great guests, conduct an amazing interview, or carry the show solo is next level. I'm making an official motion from the low lifers for two episodes a week. She gave me hard eyes and of course threw a little dick emoji my way and eggplant. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kate. I appreciate those beautiful words. It means a lot to me because I put a lot of love and effort into this show. But the whole reason I put so much time and effort into this show is because I want to make sure that you get something from it. I never want you to leave empty handed or feeling like, oh, that was a waste of time. Time is fragile and limited on this planet, and so if you are spending time here, there has to be some sort of a takeaway, whether it be a smile on your face, a laugh, a new perspective, some great conversation that you could take to your dinner table or share with a friend or a loved one who might need to hear the same sort of message. And so thank you for that, Kate. I appreciate you. I love that you are enjoying this podcast and that official motion for two episodes a week. Bold move, Queen. I would love to have two episodes a week. Right now, my ass is still styling full-time out on these streets. That's my full-time hustle, is styling people. But eventually, I would love to get to the point where I'm podcasting full-time, putting out two episodes a week and styling part-time. Oh my God, I would love that. That would be amazing. This little shit show just has to get to the point where it could be self-sustained and I could actually live off of the low life and we're just not there yet. 
but that's not to say we won't be there one day. So I will also put that on my little manifestation board because I would love to put out two episodes a week. It's a little dream board moment for us, Queen. And on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. Maybe put up some Christmas deco. I don't think it's too early for it. I might put up my tree this weekend. Make yourself a delicious cocktail. Have some wine. Enjoy some edibles. Masturbate. Apply your serums. But don't forget to drink your water, puta. Because I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>